Well, I'm back, or I've always been here. I guess it just depends on how you look at it. Um, but I almost forgot to record this week. Ha, see? It's, it's easy if you're not forming your habits, and uh, psychologists say it takes seven tries to form a habit, um, which is funny because it seems you still have to work at that habit, especially when it's a good habit. You have to work at it consistently. So it's not like it just takes seven tries and you could rest on your laurels. But, you know, so I have to consistently remember to record unwired. But I'm here. So I'm starting on my road to consistency. I think this is number four of this season. And as always, I'm going to try to be here each and every week. All right, so thank you for joining me on Unwired. Today we're going to talk about the who, the how, and the why of equipment purchases. Um, one of the hardest things, especially recently, I think I mentioned before, oh, that was on the video. Um, you can find that at uh, spaceage-llc.com. You'll find a link to the videos. You can go on YouTube and look for Space Age Consulting, and you'll see the videos that I record. I was talking about how to choose the right equipment, how to buy equipment. In 2021, there were so many camera releases. How, do you, how can you determine which camera to buy? Because as soon as you buy one... Um, Within another month, someone releases a camera. You're like, ooh, ooh, I like that spec. I don't like that spec, but I really like that spec. Is it better than what I have today? So let's start out with the premise that you do not have unlimited money. The fact is nobody does. <laughs> the rich people, they only have it unlimited when they don't spend it. Once you start to spend it, you, you start to see the limits on it, especially when you're getting into high-end things now. When you talk about billionaires, anyway, we're not going there. We're not. This isn't a financial podcast. If it were, I'd have a lot more money in the bank. But then I would have less equipment. See how that works? If you buy stuff, you don't have as much money. You may have value. You may be able to create more wealth, but you don't really have it at that moment. But that's not the point of this. The point is we don't have – if you're listening to this podcast, you probably don't have unlimited money. Um so how you spend what you have, how do you maximize your dollars? How do you make sure you're getting equipment that isn't just going to be sitting there on the shelf? And trust me, I have a lot of things that I thought I needed at the time or they were one-off things. I don't like to be in any situation where I don't have the tool that I need. I think that's the worst feeling I have when I go out on site and I realize, hey, I don't have X cable. I don't have Y adapter. I don't have a uh, Z piece of equipment that I need. So what I do at that point is when I get back, I make sure I have it for the next time. The problem is I don't always do the same type of work over and over and over again. So sometimes what would have solved problem A, I never encounter problem A again, or at least I don't where it seems like it's a value. Um, so I'll give you an example. For, during right before the pandemic there were a series of recordings that we did for live stream and what i realized is i needed more ifbs so i rigged up 
um, some wireless receivers that I had. I reversed them, made them transmitters uh, back to the talent and gave them an inner ear uh, mic, a mic, an inner ear uh, headphone speaker. <laughs> Why am I forgetting? An inner ear um, what a headphone, thank you, inner ear headphone so that they can talk to talent. What we were doing was Zoom events. The people were live, so we were streaming the Zoom event with people being on set live. And they needed to hear back what the person on Zoom said, but because they were wearing live mics, you can't have it just come through the television. It would cause a problem. So the first time I did that, I realized I needed IFBs. I rigged something up. The second time I did that, I didn't like the rigging very well. We had some issues with someone saying they couldn't hear. Um, and so I went out and bought one. And then it just so happened that once the pandemic hit, we weren't doing live events like that. Everything went completely to Zoom. And my IFB is sitting there. My, my, um, and for those who don't, don't know, an IFB is made so that either the control room can talk back to the talent in a studio or they can hear what someone across, you know, that they're interviewing online is saying in a studio environment. You don't need one out in the street. You, it's more for studio. Of course, if you're doing a reporter, like a man on the street reporter, they have an IFB so they can hear back what the studio is saying. That's how you get those conversations without having to have loudspeakers blaring back and, and feeding back into the microphone. So I have an IFB just waiting for a chance to use it. Now, as we open back up, I may get that opportunity. But in the meantime, it's just been sitting there, so uh, it looks unused at the moment. Now, granted, I buy things... <laughs> Um, I'm a big fan of Adorama and B&H for their deals of the day. Uh, when Amazon has their deal of the day or their special deals, I always look for those things. And if there's something on there that I know I can use, I'll buy it when it's at a, a lower uh, cost. And that way I'm set up. Um, the flip side of things just sitting there is being prepared. So I had a set of equipment, and when I got an opportunity, someone needed... Uh, to live stream their church, I had all the equipment already where I can do it. I had the, the switcher. I had the mobile computer. I had uh, the PTC cameras. I had the tripods. I had every, whatever I needed to be able to do this event. So the one of the first things you have to think about is what are you trying to accomplish and what do you need to accomplish that job? As I said, I do a lot of different things which unfortunately requires me to have a lot of different tools. I am someone I love making sure I have all the different kinds of audio cables I could possibly need. All of them. From RCA to quarter inch to eighth inch to XLR. Then I have barrels. If you have to convert something, turn something around, maybe you in, you encountering a situation where uh, everything's not set up just as it should be so now you need adapters i got to change adapters from eighth inch to quarter inch eighth inch to xlr xlr to quarter inch xlr to eighth everything male to female female to male the whole shebang so i have a, a kit that's just filled up with adapters 
one of the most significant adapters I've bought is um, the quarter-inch male to a uh, XLR female. What that allows me to do is plug a computer. It comes with a dial, but I actually tape down the dial so the volume is always the same. But it's a device, um, it's called a lit box, L-I-T-B-O-X. Invaluable tool. It allows you to connect, easily connect iPads and phones and computers to a system that's XLR-based. I also have an ART, the company, A-R-T, an art box where I can convert XLR to quarter, XLR to eighth inch, XLR to RCA, XLR to, and then vice versa. Actually, it will convert everything to everything. I don't remember what the name of that box is, and uh, it should be in my audio crate. But I don't remember exactly what the name of that box is. And then, of course, I have DIs when to change quarter inch to XLR, especially for keyboards or... Uh, guitars, things of that nature, because um, I always I try to be as prepared as possible. You never know what you're going to encounter. Um, uh, there was an event I did where I was setting up an outside projector, one of those inflatable projectors, and we have the laptop to go into a mixer. So I had the eighth inch to, to dual quarter inch, stereo eighth inch to dual uh, mono quarter inch to go into a mixer only to find out I had lent the mixer to someone and so I couldn't and they never I lent the mixer to someone and when I got it back it didn't have the power supply anymore so I couldn't use that mixer so I had to come up with another way to do it thank God we had bought an FM transmitter so I used that to transmit the audio to uh, the participants. I thought everyone was going to be sitting outside watching this video. No, they came in their cars. So thank God we thought ahead and bought the FN transmitter. In the two years that we've had the FM transmitter, two years, it's three years now, we've used it six times. So from a cost perspective, you say, oh, you, you didn't get your value out of it. The truth is because it solves a significant problem, I got the value out of it the first time I used it. So when you think about purchasing, when you think about how to buy, uh, I should have written this down. This is a good one. How to buy, I usually buy on sale. I do that with food too. It's just the thing with me. Um, I have it if I see a price that everyone attributes this is the value of this object, I got to beat that price. It, it might be ADD for me, but I have to beat that price. Does it always work out? No. But when it does work out, it works out really well. So these are just some examples of figuring out, do I need this? Does this solve a problem for me? How often will this problem occur? That helps determine whether something is of a good value. Okay? Um, some things that are of uh, bad value... When I was doing more outdoor events, I, I, um, I bought a, well, wait a second. No, that has turned out to be a good value too. Okay, lights. Let me, let me use lights as an example. I have got a lot of lights, but this was a situation where being frugal, cheap, sort of came back to bite me because I would buy 
low-priced lights. Not not garbage lights, but they were lower-priced. You know, once again, I saw a price. Everyone says um, a two hundred at the time. Everyone said a two hundred watt LED light was worth eight fifty. That's how much you could usually find it for. I didn't want to pay eight fifty, so I ended up was looking for lights, LED lights that had good specs, but they came in at a different price. Only to find out ugh, they solve a specific problem, but they weren't as versatile as I would have liked. So I had to buy another light, a bigger light, a brighter light. And then that had a narrow thing, because once again, I didn't want to spend too much. So before I knew it, I've invested a ton of money in lights. Oh my goodness, I've got a ton of lights. I've got panels, I've got um, PARs, I've got Fresnel, I've got everything. Uh, And yet... I still want, because if you take a look at some of my videos, especially the recent ones, when I moved to this new location, the ceiling isn't very high, so the light will shine off in my glasses. And I don't like that. So Aperture just came out with a new set of foldable lights. Now, foldable lights is not brand new. Uh, Falcon Eyes had foldable lights, a couple of other people. But they were really expensive. And now... um, Aperture has come out, I believe the 2x2 two two is $700, um, or it's $800, and that's for the uh, the color one, the ones you could do different colors. But they also have a 2x1 for $300, it's either 300 or 400 The pricing is out there, but uh, they, these items haven't been released yet. So they have a 2x1 that I think if I can just put up on my ceiling, Uh, the ceiling of the room that I'm in and just let the light shine down on me, first of all, that'll help darken the background just a little. The fall off will will be a little bit better. And then when I light up the background, I'm not getting that mix of light. And so I think that'll work work real well. So I'm waiting and see as soon as they release it, I'm going to grab a set and see what they look like. But, you know, that just adds to my light. And then that's a unique light. And once I put it on my ceiling, I'm not going to want to continue to take, put it on, take it off, that sort of thing. So, um, but it serves a purpose, all right? And then I can use my um, GVM VL200, which is, excuse me, I said GVM. Oh, please forgive me. I'll never buy a set of GVM lights again because they use uh, blue, uh, they use Wi-Fi instead of Bluetooth. And so the device, I always have to switch Wi-Fi to use it and then get back on the Internet. It's a pain in the neck. Um, so it's Godox lights. And these Godox lights, the VL200, is a very, very nice light. It's just that it's, for this application, it's a bit problematic for me just because it, it, I can't put it high enough and it reflects off my glasses. So that's a unique situation. There's nothing wrong with the light itself. There's actually nothing wrong with the purchase. But uh, because of my lower ceiling, uh, I want to go after a different look. So so we're talking about purchasing, how to make wise decisions with your purchases. Oh, let's, uh, let's go back to cameras. I have three different types of cameras. I have a DSLR. That's the Canon 90D. I have a cinema camera. Technically, I have two cinema cameras. I have the Pocket 6K and the EVA1. The Pocket 6K basically stays in the studio. 
and I take the EVA one out. They're both EF mount because I have mostly EF lenses, uh, almost exclusively EF lenses. I have a couple of micro four thirds um, because I also borrow my church's GH5. Now, um, the DSLR I use more for photos because while the, the 90D takes very good images, especially with some of the nicer lenses I have, it's very dark. It's, it seems the, the blacks on it are very, very uh, rich, rich, rich blacks. So you always have to gain it up, and then you start to lose detail. So it's great for photos. A little bit less so for video, but uh, I actually like it overall better than the Canon EOS R that I had. Um, I haven't checked out the, the, the R5 or the R6 or anything like that. Just because the RF lenses were very expensive, and there aren't any real good third-party ones just yet, and I'm cheap, so I'm not going to pay $2,500 for one lens when it may not fit my use case, especially when I have so much other EF lens um, and not RF. Yeah, I did have the adapter, and it worked fine. It worked fine. Um, but... Overall, if you wanted to get a native lens, you're spending a lot of money for the native lens. So I'm going to wait till that mount gets a little bit um, more saturated with equipment, and then I may shift. Maybe not. So the GH5 is a much better video camera overall, except for that micro four-thirds lens, which opens up a whole other set of issues. And the fact that they didn't have XLR inputs on uh, the DSLRs means there's certain jobs that I do I need. I don't want to have a bunch of adapters running off, so I went ahead and got the EVA-1, which I'm very happy with. It's quirky. You know, Panasonic is quirky, but it matches well with the GH5. But here's an example of uh, buying for versatility versus buying for a specific case. Um, there's an event I did recently where we recorded someone, and we used the Blackmagic Design studio cameras, the Studio 4K Pro, uh, matched with a Panasonic 35 to 100 2.8 lens. Beautiful image. Beautiful image, beautiful bokeh, beautiful. And then I brought the EVA-1 as the center camera. And I spent a bit more time matching colors matching the white balance. The, the Blackmagic Design cameras were shooting from the sides. So think of a three-camera shoot. The Blackmagic Studio, the Studio 4Ks were shooting from the sides. The EVA-1 was in the center. Then I noticed when I did a white balance with, with the cameras that the Blackmagic Designs were shooting at 4350 and 4400, and the EVA-1 was showing 7100. Yeah. Very, very yellow. So I went ahead and tried to match the white balance, and it was still showing a bit more yellow than the... the I was using the... Uh, what EF? I was using the 24 to 105 uh, EF, the Canon lens, which I really love. I think that's, that's an underrated lens. Um, you know, people don't talk about it enough, especially for video. It is a very nice lens with a nice range, and it produces a, a great image. Um, 
I had never used, I have a Tamron 70 to 200 F4, but I've never used it for video and I didn't feel like using it this time, like making this the maiden voyage. I'll test that out when I get a chance. But the, what I notice is I, I probably would have been better off if I brought the Blackmagic, uh, my Pocket 6K, instead of the EVA1. It would have been faster to match up colors. I went with it. I think it's fine. I, don't, I think you'd have to be really strict before you notice the difference. But there's the idea about having the versatility to say, hey, I'm shooting with Blackmagic cameras. I have a Blackmagic camera. Let's just go with it. Rather than um, always trying to look for a certain camera. I'm, I'm not big on renting cameras because I want the time. I don't want to have to pay to learn on a camera. I know what you're saying. If you buy it, you're still paying to learn it. But it's mine. I don't have to be in a rush to send it back. I can learn on it, learn on it, use it, learn on it, use it. Oh, what's that you say? Why don't you just read the manual? I'm sorry. I don't learn that way. I learn by doing. So I got to get my hands on the thing. That's how I learn. Um, that's how it clicks for me. It's uh, physical learning. Uh, what do they call that again? Oh, you'll 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 email me and tell me. Just um, uh, email. Uh, ooh, what's a good one? Just tweet to me at rbaker underscore uh, space age. Just send a tweet out to me about what it's called tactile learning. Ha! I didn't need your help. So <laughs> this is this is just different reasons why you want versatility. Versatility can get expensive up front, but it does set you up where you have the ability to match just about any environment without um, a whole lot of time. I know some people may not mind spending a ton of time um, getting their cameras dialed in exactly, but sometimes you're not able to do that on a shoot and you just want to have the best tool for the job. So, Overall, what I'm trying to say is when you're thinking about purchasing, when you're making a purchase, whether it's a camera or a light or a microphone, and microphones are really tough because different microphones fit different voices, um, even within the same line of cardio microphones or dynamic mi Did I say cardio? I mean condenser. Condenser microphones or dynamic microphones. Um, uh, for example... My church has a bunch of handheld Sennheiser E35s. I'm a Shure fan. I love Shure microphones. But it seems that the Sennheiser works better for my voice. But when I went to buy a handheld microphone, you know, just a $100 microphone that you use in different environments, I recognized that the E845 worked better for my voice than the E835. So I'm not going to buy both of them. I'm going to buy what fits for me. And then you let's, when I have to use it, I know it's a good enough microphone, which should be, it should work well for other people. And if I have to do a little bit of tweaking, I can do that. But the idea is find out what works, find out how you can get the best price, and then buy that. What did we cover? We covered cameras, we covered lights, we covered... Um, audio cabling and we covered microphones and that's just the tip of the iceberg I have a video shootout with my um, video shootout 
I have a microphone test that I'm going to be. I don't know where video shootout came in. Um, I have a microphone test that I'm going to be doing uh, with my Rode Wireless Goes to see which plug-in microphone works better. I bought a couple of different ones. Uh, my son has the actual Rode uh, plug-in lavalier mic. We're going to test them out and see which one works better because sometimes what works for one person doesn't work for another, just in terms of vocal re reproduction and how to make your voice sound at the best. So those are just some of the areas that you can really pay attention to your purchases, um, really think ahead about what you need or what you can use. And, um, you know, we all want to make wise decisions with our purchasing. But sometimes you've just got to try, especially if you can buy from a place with a good return policy, buy something, test it out. If it doesn't work for you, return it. Always make sure that these companies have good return policies so that you're not stuck on the hook for a restocking fee or, or sometimes they don't even take returns. All right. Look, thanks for listening. I think you can make really good purchasing decisions. Just think through what you're doing, what you might want to do, and try to purchase towards that end. Try to make sure you set yourself up for success. And thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week.